as you know, we've been, uh, had a great service last week to honor those who have given their life um, in service for our freedom. We also have been in a series on counterfeit and talking about this. And in, in some ways, this could have been labeled that, but the Lord really impressed on my heart to talk about direction. You know, I believe direction is um, something that we all contend with. Uh, everybody in here has a direction. And uh, the question is, is, are you on the right path? Are you heading in the right direction? And so I wanted to talk about that just a little bit. Of course, you think about direction. There's some basic definitions of that. Uh, of course, the course you're on or uh, the, 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 in, in relation to other things where you're headed or uh, what they call a line, you know, you can say, well, I'm, I'm heading this way. I'm facing this way. I'm going north. Those are kind of basic uh, directional statements you also can find out if you're out doing something, you can find your way. You use landmarks. I got to share a story with you. Last week, my wife and I and, and, and our youngest son, anyway, we were down in Lawton hiking. And we've been there before. And so it was a fun to go back. And we're going up to Eagle Mountain or what? Elk, excuse me. That was another one. Eagle Mountain, Elk Mountain. Anyway, so we go up. We had a great time. We're up there. We worshiped on top of the, of the mountain. And now it's time to come back. And we're coming back the same path. Well, by then, all the people began to come up. We start early. We're early birds. but So we're coming up. And so the, the, pa- the, the path was kind of crowded. And we saw some other at one point. Well, we'll just kind of let them get on by. We'll go this way. And we're thinking we're going down. We're descending. It looks like the same dirt and the same rocks. And, and we are going down. And, and down that way is, is of course, where we're uh, going to wind up. And so about 30 minutes into it, we did descend right up to a cliff. Uh, 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 and the next step would have been about an 80-foot drop. And so, you know, little did we know that just being one degree off, one little, uh, you know, again, you're familiar, you're not necessarily lost beyond lost, but we didn't wind up where we wanted to. I don't know if that's like you in life, but there are times you're, you're doing what you've been doing and one little thing adjusts or you begin to uh, explore a little differently and you wind up kind of off course. And that can happen, I believe, in my life, your life. So what did we do? Of course, we had devices and ways to track it perfectly, but we were, we were going on landmarks and speed and and you know we didn't have a map with us per se we had a but so so we we turned to the next thing of course i'm gonna get to it gps but you know there are things called compasses they're they're those magnetic things that you we used to use before we had gps they're uh, out in the ocean they'll use a sextant so all these mechanical things but but a gps for instance is made up of uh, 24 satellites it's 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 operated by the united states air force and uh, some of the GPSs will get you down to a meter and probably military closer to that. I hear they can land it on a quarter, but anyway. So we turned out the GPS and there's the trail map and it looked like, you know, a, 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 a vein or something that had gone off track. And so we, we went back up for about 30 minutes, got on the right trail and went on down. But isn't it interesting that I, as how we find our direction? And sometimes we find ourselves a little off course. It's not necessarily bad, but we're not where we wanted to be. I can tell you that one of the things that influences direction a lot, and it's not wrong, but we've got to be careful, and that is family can influence us. They can give us predispositions. They, they can give us prejudice. 
that we didn't even know we needed, but they just by family and, and sometimes good things, good standards and morals. But we might even have friends and you say, well, my friends, I haven't ever been there, but the friends said, hey, let's go do that. It's a fun thing. And you get there and you go, whoa, I wish I hadn't done that. Have, has anybody ever gone to a movie that a friend recommended and you went, stinky, that was no good. So you got to be careful because we do, we, we take on direction if we're not careful. And then of course we love having experiences. If we had a good experience and, and then we want to go back and repeat it. Has anybody ever gone to a restaurant or someplace and had a wonderful first experience when you went back the second time you went, Oh, what happened? So you got to be careful. And then the culture. Our culture is redefining what the priorities are. We, we've got people saying, well, you gotta, you gotta live together and you gotta sleep together. And then you, you maybe along the way you'll give God the glory. You know, can I tell you that's not in the Bible? You used to, it was in the Bible a hundred years ago and it's still in the Bible. But culture says, well, you mean you hadn't tried, you know, you hadn't tried it on yet. You hadn't figured it. No, honor God. How about, you know, let's go, let's go practice divorce. So we start as an early life, and I'm not anti-dating, but, but, but hear me out. We, we go and we give our heart to somebody who gets torn apart. And then we go to somebody else who gets torn apart. And we go to somebody else who gets torn apart. Because got to have a man. Got to have one. And then you get ready to get married, and you just, what have you been practicing all this time? Break up. Why don't you wait upon the Lord? Why don't we do things that culturally now probably doesn't fit? I'm feeling like I'm banging a drum that some of you are like, pet, pet preacher, would you stop? But I'm just talking what's in the Bible. Let's get back to what doesn't change. And it always comes with blessing and promises. I sent out an email. Thank you for that encouragement. Uh, I sent out an email that talked about Saul and Paul. And, and let me just give, this is a great example of the fact that Saul was a very intelligent man, very confident man, had been trained by the best scholars you know, probably based on his uh, culture and what everybody around him would have said was, you know, he's arrived. Uh, he, he was that kind of guy. In fact, he was doing what everybody at that time and his little culture was saying is, you need to search out those Christians that are, that are coming against our faith and, and kill them, right? That's right in that culture at that time. The good thing, though, is that God saw past that. And can I just tell you, I don't care what path you're on or direction you're headed, God is looking at every one of you, because I believe every one of us has the same kingdom value in his book applied differently, but he's looking at you and say, I can use you. I can use your pain. I can use your mistakes. I can use the fact that you came up on the wrong side of the railroad tracks. I can do whatever because I want my kingdom to come and it's through you. Amen. And so the good thing about Saul is he had an unexpected encounter. And I don't know about you. He wasn't at youth camp. He didn't go down there expecting to find Jesus. I love when I, you know, God says I stand at the door and knock. And that means I, I'm already pursuing you before you pursued me. All you got to do is let me in. But here's what happened. Paul let him in. And when Paul let him in, not only did his name get changed, his identity, his bearing, his purpose, his hope changed. And the greatest thing that happened is he was able to access the heavenlies and all that came with that. And he helped be a world changer. Look to your neighbor and say, you know, with Jesus, you're a world changer too. Because that's the truth. The question is, are you going to let the world be changed in alignment with God? Or are you going to let the world just be changed by what culture tells you to do? it? So finding your direction can be somewhat difficult. Back in 1 Thessalonians, and I've done a teaching series on this, talking about body, soul, and spirit. But in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, it talks about these three 
triune parts of ourselves. And it talks about the body, and the body is this thing. I'm sure you already knew that. You know, this is the body, and the body is what is called the container or the vessel. It's the thing that interacts with the world. It, it's it's what touches the world. It gives expression to the world. But what's inside is called the soulish realm, and that's where your mind, will, and emotion is. And I'm not going to go into depth here, but but this is where where when when God breathed life into Adam, He put a put a, a the spirit in him, the soul in him. And, and yet, but I have to, to say this, uh, when we were born, it says we were born in sin. And because of what happened in the garden with sin entering in, it separated us from the spirit. So this S for Bill Williams, BC, meaning before Christ, I didn't have the spirit side. I had a body and I had a mind, will, and emotion, and I was doing the best that I could. And, and, and can I tell you, it wasn't all that good. Does anybody remember B- BC before Christ? How many of you remember doing some stuff that now you're paying for, wish you'd have done it differently? All right, thank you. I'm, I'm there too. But when we say yes to Jesus, when we agree or acknowledge what he did at Calvary, that he did come, that he was, uh, was crucified to pay for our sin, then he died and he was buried and he rose three days later and then he's alive today. When you believe that and receive that into your heart, it says, and believe in your heart and profess with your mouth, it says you're saved. And what really happens is all of a sudden you get a spiritual connection to the heavenly realm. That's every one of us that have said yes. If you've not said yes to Jesus, it says the Spirit's not connected. The Spirit's not there. But I want to move to what we use as a base verse for what you see on our t-shirts. Love God, love others. It says, and you shall what love the Lord your God with all your what? Heart. With all your what? Soul. With all your mind and with all your strength. And that sounds great. You say, pastor, I really buy into that. Yes, sir. But I want to talk today about how do you do that every day? How do you do this from this day forward? How do you really life that out in balance? The second one, it says, and love your neighbors yourself, which means that knucklehead sitting next to you, he says you're to love him anyway. How many have in-laws? How many have outlaws? You got to love them anyway. Okay. I love your neighbors as yourself. So I wanted to talk about that. I wanted to talk about really directional balance. I I don't know about you. I've seen, uh, I've been in cars of my own when I lost a wheel uh, weight or the the wheels get out of balance. How, How many know how that feels? You know, you get it up to speed and it's, and I can, can I tell you some of you all, when I look at your life, you come in here and you're, and I, and I'm not talking, you have a medical condition. I'm talking about your life's out of balance. Something's out of whack. And you're like, we're going to get to the next soccer game. And we've got to then go by and get, some. I mean, it's just like you guys are hanging on open that maybe eventually it'll wear out or wear through. I don't know. Imagine as a believer having a balanced direction guided by God in the things of the Lord. Imagine what you could accomplish. Cause I can tell you for me, when I've had a car that's had a extreme out of balance, I can't go as fast. I can't maneuver. I'm not as safe. And can I tell you, that's the same way with life being out of balance internally. So I took a graphic that actually belongs to the Samaritan foundation for church and family wellness. It's a free downloadable type thing, but it's their creation and it breaks it down into heart, soul, mind, and strength. And that's exactly what we read in the scripture just now. And I'd like to break this down. Always remembering it comes from the inside, the soulish realm, hopefully 
guided and, 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 and infused by the spirit and then it moves out. So you have emotions and relationships. That's at the heart of it. Proverbs three, five and six says what? Trust, trust in the Lord with all your what? And what? Do not lean on your own understanding. If you look at the front of your bulletin, you'll find a guy leaning up against a wall. He's got a Bible in his hand. Looks like he's being contemplative. And here's what I can tell you. We all have either Bible apps and the Bible handy or a Bible on the shelf. But can I tell you so many times, Bill Williams, and maybe you fall prey to this, I'm leaning on my own understanding. I can have the GPS in my pocket and I can get off course. Yes. I even have the app that's called, you know, trail.com or something that, you know, tells me exactly the elevations and the altitudes and where the boulders are. But I don't want to look at that because I don't need extra directions. I don't, I won't ask if you're married to somebody that doesn't ask for directions. But anyway, <laughs> trust with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding in all your ways. Acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. And it's beginning to say, hey, look, when you trust the Lord, you start with trusting the Lord with your heart when you are dating or when you're, you're, you're having affection for somebody in your relationships. Trust the Lord with your heart because emotions can get wacky. Have you ever thought about something? Let, let me just say this. Let's say you don't have all the facts. Has anybody ever just begin to try to fill in the blanks, like your perception. And, and have you noticed that if you fill in the blanks and rehearse it long enough, it, that's what actually happened. And you've never had a, a conversation with them. And all of a sudden you're making decisions and you get all mad and angry and maybe even bitter. You've never talked with them and they're wondering why you're so twisted off. And you're like, well, you just haven't talked to me. And I've thought all these things. You see what happens? The devil wants to get in your heart. See, it says in here in Proverbs four twenty three, it says what? Keep your heart, that's, that's keep it like, like protect it, protect it and realize it. it says, keep your heart with all vigilance for from it flows the springs of life. Be careful what you fall in love with. Be careful what you give your heart over to. Make sure it's of the Lord. Be, be careful in that because it can be found up. So here's what Colossians and Colossians chapter three actually is the, if you want to go back later and study. Read chapter 3. That's what you're going to see showing up now for pretty much the rest of this message. Colossians chapter 3. And I love this because there's a lot of put-ons and put-aways. You know, so everybody say put-on. So put on then, it says, as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, put on what? Compassion and hearts. That's part of what we're to put on. And it says that that includes kindness and humility and meekness and patience. And then it says bear. That didn't mean take your clothes off, okay? It means to take the weight upon yourself, to to add a little load to your regular life because you're going to bear one another. You're going to help make it better by bearing something that maybe they're not exactly lined up exactly with easy with you, but because you're you're talking about the Lord and the Lord's goodness in you and you're trying to have a compassion, you're going to bear with one another. And if one has a complaint against the other, you're going to forgive them. You go, I don't want to do that. He says, "Put, put forgiveness, put it on, bear with it as the Lord's forgiven you. The next thing is soul. Soul, as I shared earlier, actually was, was initially formed in Genesis chapter 2, verse 7, when God breathed life into Adam. And the soulish realm became, can I tell you, the body that we have, I had two funerals this week. And I was reminded, double reminded, that this body is going to not last. And the last time I checked, everybody, every human has a 100% mortality rate. Did you all know that? Some of you are thinking, well, if I take some more pills or do something. No, everybody eventually is going to pass through the valley of the shadow of death. 
And yet, this thing, the soulish realm, the thing that is your spirit, the thing that is who you are, is going to live forever. The Bible says, is, said that in John three sixteen that we all know, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believe in him will, shall not perish but have. That's a long time, isn't it? It's not 40 years, 80 years, 100 years. It's everlasting. It's forever. So this soulish realm is an interesting thing because we need to look at it and, 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 and understand it in a way. And so Psalms, it says, look, the best place for you to praise, the best place to find the Lord is to praise the Lord with all your mouth. Oh, well, with my instrument, my electric guitar, whatever, acoustic. No, it's from your soul. It's from your core being. To worship him and praise his holy name. And, and so when you think about what's best health balance, you've got to worship. You've got to look out. And, 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 and you know, we had some pretty sights on, on uh, Elkridge Mountain. But you know what? I was saying, thank you, God. Amen. You know, somebody gives a, a large offering. I don't want to know who it is. I just want to say, thank you, God. Because I want to give God the glory. To God be the glory for great things he's done. But here we are. The eye is the lamp. When you think of the soul, we've heard the saying, the eye, eye is the window to your soul. Well, it's true. Matthew says this. And, it, and, and we so many times put the eye as just dealing with uh, visual temptations. But can I tell you what you let in, what you gaze upon, what you allow to come in through here will begin to adjust the soulish realm of your, the mind, will, and emotion of you. Guys, if you're watching pornography, stop it. Well, it's just a little bit. Get it out of there. If you're, if you're flirting around with this or you're entertaining that or you're checking your horoscope, stop it. Because that gate will begin to affect you and the devil loves it when you just give him an inch because he'll take a mile. In fact, Colossians says this in three. Remember I said we'd be in Colossians a lot, chapter three. Put to death. Say that with me. Put to death. Put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you. Sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, covetousness, and idolatry. He says, put it away. Get it out of there. So the Holy Spirit has more room. God has more room in you. I don't know about you. I, I want God's kingdom to come and his will to be, to be done in me. And I, am, I constantly am saying, put, put out. Put to death that. Put to death that. Why? To make room for more of him. I haven't mastered it yet, but I'm getting better at it, just like I'm sure some of you are. But you, you take this next thing called the mind. Oh, I wish I didn't have some of the thoughts that I have recorded. How many have some thoughts you wish that, man, I wish I had, didn't have that. Anybody says that you can do something and forget it, can I tell you, it doesn't work. God gave, gave us a great mind. But this, it's, the mind is the battlefield many, many times. And so you have this mind, and here we are in Colossians again, and we're still talking about seeking the things that are above. If you start having a mind that's worrisome, a mind that's worrying about this relationship or paying your bills or getting out, you know what? The devil just says, keep your eyes down. Man, look at the world. Man, look for your hope this way. And God is saying, the thing you need to be doing in the hardest places is look in your eyes and your heart and your mind towards heaven and believing the things that are truth. Where do you find that? In the word of God. But we so rehearse everything we can touch because you know what? If it's to be, it's up to me. You know, I'm going to pull myself up my own, my own bootstraps, right? I'm a ma self-made man. Well, that didn't come in the Bible, does it? But we'll believe it and we'll live it. And verse two, what does it say? What's that first word? 
Set your mind. How many of you all came and sat down in that pew without checking and making sure you were lined up? You know, I mean, and you had to trust the, so you, if you think about setting your mind, you got to get your mind lined up with what you think is going to support it. And it's something that's going to take care of it. And so it's the word of God. It's the truth of God. And you line up and then you sit in it. And you know what happens when you sit in something? You can rest in it. There's a confidence in it. It doesn't have to get, get tired because you're resting in it. God promises all that are heavy, weary and heavy laden. He says, come to me and I will give you what? Can I tell you where it starts is in your mind. So here's, your, here's what I was trying to go with in this one thinking of you've got organization and vocation. And can I first just say, women, you're amazing. God has made you all. You can bounce, baby, stir things, do checkbooks, make deal transactions on the internet. I mean, I don't, all at the same time, us guys, we have to line it up and, you know, next. You all are amazing, right, guys? Guys are good too, but... Anyway, the organizational ability, this mind is amazing and the vocation. So you bring this balance in, you bring this mind that's fixed on things above and you get ready to go into to next Monday and you're thinking about, you know what, S- setting my mind on the things of the Lord and you're going into work. And most of us, when we're going into work, we're thinking all this stuff stacked on our desk and who we got to call and what needs to, you actually started when you got in the car because we can't be still or quiet anymore. You've got to have all these things, you know, to talk and text and but you go and you, you head towards work and bef- you realize, okay, God, all that stuff will be there when I sit out of my desk. And I'm going to walk in saying, thank you, Lord. Praise the Lord. I'm going to be thinking on things above. And when I get to the door handles before the business I own or work at, I'm going to say, thank you, Lord, for this ministry opportunity. This is my platform. And you're going to sling the doors open. And you're just going to say, praise God. Right? No, because they'll move you to the back pu- uh, cubicle. But if you start off your day, no matter how hard it is is before you, no matter how busy your calendar is, this is the day the Lord has made and I'm going to rejoice and be glad and I'm going to set my mind on the things above. Then you'll find your vocational arenas are also more in balance and more blessed. Look at 2 Corinthians. See that mind loves to whisper things. Yeah, but what do they say if you open up the door and go, ta-da, Jesus. Most of us then tune it down because we wouldn't want anybody to know that we were that crazy about Jesus. You know, I have an image to uphold. Can I tell you, if you go all out for Jesus, he'll take care of you. You don't have to be obnoxious. But inside you can be doing... So we have to take every thought captive because there's much in this world, culturally, sometimes family, sometimes sometimes just we were trained in a direction that was... You've got to take every thought captive. And then you need to think about things that are honorable, things that are just, things that are pure, things that are lovely. Can I tell you, if you have a stormy sea, it's probably because you're, you're, you're dialing into the, to the horizontal, which is the world promises. And if you want to calm your sea, you go to the word of God, you go to what you've put in there, the familiarity that you have, or you look it up something, but you begin to set your mind. You begin to rest it in the truth of God. And you begin to think about these things and God will do a supernatural thing in you. How many want a supernatural thing? How many want the kingdom to come and the will to be done in your mind and in your heart and in your situation? Then you got to trust You have to be in balance with him. All right, strength. You thought I might bypass this one. Strength. 
Strength means we need to work and we need to work diligently. And it says in the scripture as if we're working under the Lord. Part of balance is we have this physical body and it needs to be active and doing. And when you do stuff, it needs to be right. If you're working for somebody and you're not doing what's right as if you're working under the Lord, it's a bad witness and you're out of balance of what God can bless. But when you're doing it best you can, it doesn't mean you're better than anybody, but you're the best you can with the right attitude and everything's balanced. Can I tell you there's favor will be upon you. And the body is also the vessel for the Holy Spirit. Your body is the, the vehicle of, of action and movement to carry this power of God, the presence of God into places. And so part of it is a physical thing. Part of it is that you got to realize it's a holy temple. Can I tell you, some of you keep your cars cleaner than you keep your mind. Some of you don't keep your cars that clean, but you keep your toilet seat clean. I don't know. I didn't use that in the first service, but anyway. But what you want to do is you want your mind, you want your spirit, you want your body. And so how you feed it, how you train it, how you teach it, you try to make it the best you can. I'm not talking about all sickness would go away. I'm just saying in the midst of that, make sure you're doing the best you can to carry your body forward. And so whatever you drink and whatever you put into your body, do it for the glory of God. Now that's tough because we've been taught to eat what's sweet dangerous, deadly. I mean, name all the words that somebody on some video you've seen recently. But we can change that and get into balance so that God will be glorified and the kingdom will advance through us. Amen. Colossians again talks about bearing, putting on just some more things there. And then here's the finale. This is Colossians three fourteen and above all, say above all. It's kind of like Jesus' name is above all. Above all, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. And let. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. Remember going back to the hearts at the core of things, the soulish realm, the mind, will, and emotions. You want the peace. You want the heart of God that's moving forward. And then it says in verse 16, let the word of Christ dwell in you. Folks, you've got to get into the word to know the word. You need more. If you had a relationship that you only spent an hour a week having each week, you wouldn't have a good relationship. You've got to have the word because the word talks about the goodness of God. It begins to put the, the principles and the promises of God in you. So when you get in those places, you then can sit your mind on those things. And in everything, in everything, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus. Now that sounds simple, right? But here's what I know today. God is wanting a people. God is wanting you and I. God is wanting people that are serious about the Lord and their walk. He wants directional balance. He wants you to move. You can't steer a boat unless it's moving forward. A rudder has no, you can own a Bible, but if you're not moving forward, it's probably not going to give you much direction. But if you're doing life and allowing him to take you forward into things in the direction that he calls you, the word and his spirit will give you direction. I'm going to ask Darla um, to come up for just a second because I want to give God just a little room. How many would like God to finish whatever he started this morning? Maybe you say, I'm fine, but how about the person next to you? You'd sure like God to finish the work that he's began in them, right? So I'm going to ask you all to stand. So many times I go straight to a closing prayer, and today I was really compelled to allow, and there were many in the first service, 
that God had touched their heart, had prompted their heart with something. And here's the question, where are you out of balance? Where did God reveal in you that needs to be adjusted? Are you still having shimmy in the front end? God wants to put it into a smoother, more balanced you. If you've not said yes to Jesus, what he did at Calvary for you, then it starts there. Because you really have no ability to move into balance without him. But most of you in this room have said yes to Jesus. And with that, you still are fighting, staying in balance because the world's tough. So what I want to ask you, what's God saying to you? And I just want to give you a chance to let you allow him to finish in you the unique thing. So here's what I'm going to ask. If you've got an area, let's say it's body or soul or mind or strength or heart. You're welcome to come up. Pastor Tyler will be up here. I'll be up here. You may just want to sit on the steps. But here's really what I want you to do. It's not about, it's not about you going somewhere physically. It's will you take a step towards God. That's the first best direction you can take. As you step towards him, he'll give you guidance. And you keep moving in the direction of the Lord. And he'll lead you all the way to where he wants you to be. And that's a better you. We pray thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I want to stand here today saying, God, I want your kingdom to come and your will to be done in me first. I want to be in the center of what he's up to. And if you want that in your life, say, Lord, where am I out of balance? What do I need to adjust with your help? And I'm going to pray over us regarding that. So here's what I'd like you to do. Think about it. Just let the Lord tell you what it is. You don't need to tell anybody else. But I want you, if you say, yes, I I would like, I need a little balance in one of those areas. Just slip your hand up. I'm going to raise mine. Just slip your hand up. And And I want you to, if you're standing next to somebody, just to put an arm on their shoulder, a hand on their shoulder, or just just something, because we're going to pray for one another right where they're at, okay? There's hands up all over the worship center. And why are we praying? Because we're praying with anticipation and expectation that God will move. If, you, if you're in agreement that God will move, if you ask him, just say amen. God will move, no matter what it is. Are you really believing that today? Say amen louder. Some of us like, well, I hope so. No, God will if we bring it to him. And so now let's bow our heads. Father, we come to you in the name of Jesus, which is the name above everything that worries us today, everything that makes us out of balance, everything that would make us incomplete or try to rob us of your peace and joy. We come to you now and we ask you to finish the work in us. God, you know our hearts. You know what's out of balance. You know what's best for us. And God, we open our minds and hearts to you now and we say flood us with your wisdom heavenly wisdom father let your spirit convict us let your spirit empower us let your spirit come against the schemes of the devil and we're going to walk out of here today leaving the things that are not of you and we're going to pick up the things we're going to open ourselves to the outpour of you today as we go into this world as missionaries as believers as children of God where people can say there's something different about them their shaking is going away and their power of peace is moving forward. May we go today with that. And if you're in agreement, say amen. 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 God bless you all as we leave.
Go be the church. That's the mission field. You're dismissed.